Yeah, and then yeah. you're nervous as well because I put yeah. on a lot of weight as right. well, and I'm like, God, yeah. man, I've let myself go because of yeah, cause yeah. of COVID and all that. Yeah. yeah, but it was good to be back. That's and, it, man. And I'm glad Luke. I'm back. Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to our Brothers in Arms podcast. The reason we do the podcast is to normalise the conversation around men's mental health. We have fantastic resources on our website, brothersinarmsscotland.co.uk, which you can access or point any man in need towards. These include our online platform, MenGage, our Brothers in Arms Thrive app, where you can access our free therapy services and much, much more. If what we've talked about on the podcast today has resonated with you and you've enjoyed listening, please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and remember to share with friends and on social media. Thanks for listening. All right, well, welcome to the latest edition of the Brothers in Arms podcast, folks. It's a nice sunny day in Glasgow, and today we've got Darren Connell on, uh, comedian and otherwise well-known as Bobby from Squat Squad. Um, welcome on. Thank you very much for having me on, mate. Is this, I can't, are we getting filmed as well for this? I'm, uh, as you can see here, having a wee bit of a flare-up with my skin here. I look like I've been on 17 sunbeds. So I asked Paul not to take a uh, video today. So we're just audio. I'm very relieved because I'm <laughs> sitting here dressed like Tony Soprano. So I'm glad nobody <laughs> can see me. Yep. Well, I'm in my usual uh, podcast uniform, which is my Albany Glasgow. Glasgow's Ralph Lauren top. <laughs> uh, so everybody get on and check out Albany Clothing Glasgow for your uh, Glasgow Ralph Lauren editions. Uh, so yeah, Dan, um, I guess we'll get started by just, you know, you telling us a wee bit about yourself, what you've been up to recently, what you've been up to just in the past wee while, how it's felt maybe coming out of the, the lockdowns, uh, things like that and how you're, how you're getting back to what you do best. Yeah, no worries. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. It feels, uh, it feels very nice to get asked on, especially when I'm seeing, all your stuff getting shared on social media from friends and people that I know and stuff. So it's quite surreal to be asked on, but I am good. Life is good. I'm happy back to doing stand up. I started back in January. I started a podcast in January as well, and I'm on episode 40. So okay. still feels a wee bit strange kind of coming away from a lockdown, but you know, I think two years of a lockdown was felt like i was in a sci-fi film or something Aye, totally and then you're just man. back to regular working life it feels very odd so yep. but i'm glad we're away for that yeah. as well i think it is i think it's a good reminder um for those who've adjusted back to whatever we call regular life it is a good reminder like i seen something really stark yesterday um which was up at the up at Mary Hill, uh the guys from the G twenty charity, which we talk about, which I've talked about often. Uh the G twenty charity supports young young people around Mary Hill. And uh what they've got at the back of Tesco just now is uh it's called the Scran Van. So oh. they're for from four till six o'clock every I think it's three days a week. I won't quote which days but double check G20 Youth Festival and you can see which days they're up there and they're handing out, they're giving out free food between 4 and 6 p.m. 
to anybody that wants it, needs it, you know. Uh -huh. um, they're also taking donations, obviously, for their charity. But um, the reason I bring that up was that, you know, when I went there yesterday with my wee boy, Theo, um, just to give some support, say hi to the, to the young folk and whatever, I seen, I seen a young girl. Um, probably, I, I felt like similar age to myself, and I just looked at her, and she she looked really, really worried. Um, she was still wearing a mask. Mask was like one of the blue masks, and it was really, it was really well worn, and she had a hood up. She looked really, she looked really nervous, really vulnerable, really a bit scared, you know, and. I just looked at her and I was like, you know, this is one of the people who probably was in a bit much better place before lockdown. And but we all consider lockdown to be in the distance now. Yeah. And actually, we can't forget those people that that haven't reintegrated, readjusted, yeah, got back on track. You know, after after the lockdowns, and um, I think it's a really good point of you know. Like just reminding ourselves how messed up that was, and for anybody who hasn't recovered back fully yet, whatever that means, it's okay. Yeah. There's still time. There's plenty of time to keep improving your mental health, keep yeah. coming back to the things that you thought you might be doing, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's it's not it's not not everybody, and it's, it was just really shocking for me because it was a young a young person, you know, yeah. uh, who hadn't. It just came across to me. I, mean, I could be entirely wrong. You know, there could be another story. But mm -hmm. as I perceived it, um, it was like, oh, goodness. Like, there's a person who still thinks we're in, like, dark lockdown and you keep your hood up and your mask on and yeah. that sort of oh, thing. Well, you see it in the shops, don't you? Mm -hmm. People are still kind of scared. And, you know, mm -hmm. rightly so. I got COVID not that long ago and it's pretty intense. I felt very lucky that I was a young, I think I'm healthy guy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I was elderly or... I had something going on that would have been a different experience right yeah absolutely and again that sort of our not just our mental health taking a battering but our physical health you know because we were probably a lot more sedentary than we would normally be we were eating more takeaways we we're probably drinking alcohol at more at home things like that yeah um so yeah yeah as it's a it's a, it's a blessing to to know that you know you got through that and it's not having the longer term effects that it's having on some people, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we've we've gone a bit we've gone a bit deep quite quickly there, but uh, I guess to um, to lighten us up for for, for a few minutes, um, <laughs> you know, uh, where, what what sort of gigs you've been doing recently? I think did you lead a gig just quite recently? Yeah, I've started my own monthly night at the stand in Glasgow. It's called Darren Connell and the Funny Bunch. Right, right, uh, right. I play on Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Oh, yeah, 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 so yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, I think I'm still young. I'm 35. Nobody knows who the fu the Funky Bunch is. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you know, know Mark Wahlberg used to be in a boy band? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, it's going well and it's... The second one just happened on Sunday there, and it's the two of them have been really good. So excellent, man! I've been back gigging. Well done. Thank you very much. Been back gigging, back enjoying it. Um, it certainly was something I probably fought for a long time. I wasn't going to start back doing again. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm grateful to be doing it. 
Good man, good. And was there a certain we was there a certain point where you just triggered yourself to say, right, I'm I'm going in for this, or did it just uh, happen a bit more naturally to start gigging again? Just get back out there, yeah. So basically, during lockdown, I was very lucky to have got a job from a friend, mm-hmm. and it went well for over a year. But it was a family-run business. We were all in the van together, COVID, masks. It was, mm-hmm. it was like really stressful and like mm-hmm. scary mm-hmm. going into, basically I was washing windows, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like so just, you know, you're constantly worried about getting COVID. And I think when you're working with a family run business, it's just son and dad's always arguing and stuff. So right, right, yeah. it got to the point that, um, it, it didn't end well. I mean, okay. I'm still friends with my pal, uh, but yeah, basically fell out with a da. Right, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. But for that time, I thought I'll just be a window cleaner. That's me. That's, That's my job it. now. That's I'm a window you, cleaner. Yeah. I've done amazing as a comedian, uh, but mm. COVID's changed the world. Uh, I'm grateful for this job, and I'm working with my mate as well. So it was uh, a good laugh. Mm-hmm. But then when we fell out with each other, um, and it ended. It ended on like the 3rd of January. Mm-hmm. So I was like, God, what am I going to do? I was like yeah. scared. Yeah. And then the stand got in touch. And and Eva from the stand was like, would you like to headline a red draw on... No, no, I'll tell you what. It ended on the 1st of January. Mm-hmm. And Eva offered me a gig for the 3rd of January, which right. was a Tuesday. And I was mm-hmm. literally looking at my diary thinking, I've not done a gig in two years She's wanting me to headline Red Raw. It's like best Aye. of new yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the best gigs in probably Britain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had this moment of it's now or never. You need to get back into it. Yeah. And I, I went down to the stand, but it was such a surreal experience of you live like that for two years thinking I'm never going to act again. I'm never mm-hmm. going to be a comedian. Because yeah. I think the stand came close to going bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I did think that the circuit in Scotland was going to die, but mm-hmm. I thought bigger gigs would have still survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like such a surreal feeling being back in the stand mm-hmm. after two years of darkness, really. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wow, I'm back gigging. But uh-huh. um, so I kind of get pushed back into it. And then I decided, I did think, do you know what? This is my life. I've been doing this for 14 years. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stopped it has been a... A pandemic. Aye, yeah. A rather large bump in the road. Yeah, but <laughs> it was uh, it was weird kind of being in front of a crowd again. 200 people, you know, your COVID caused a lot of anxiety. And, and again, man, like the stand, it's very, it's, it's well packed in. Yeah. People, you know, even now, I imagine some people are still a bit more, you know, about it. And yeah. As well as performers. I mean, you guys must, you know, on I'm sure there's remnants of wow, we're in a we're in quite a small tight room here, uh, and you know I, I could just end up not being too well yeah. tomorrow. You know, um, plus you think like you do it all the time. You think ah, it's alright. Oh, this is good. It's fine, it's fine. See when you've not done a gig in two years, I mm-hmm. forgot my name. Mm-hmm. See at the end of it, I says thank you very much, everybody. I've been Daryl Connell, mm-hmm. and after that, I was like, what the hell what was that what just happened there Uh, and then you're nervous as well because i put on a lot of weight as well and i'm like god man i've let myself go because i yeah because of covid and all that yeah Yeah. but it was good to be back 
That's um, it, man. And I'm glad Look, I'm back. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm a personal trainer and um, God, I keep going on about this, you know, being heavier than I would normally be, you know, and that's probably been, <laughs> it's probably been at least a year I've been saying that. Um, but I also say to my clients, you know, if the worst thing that's happened over the last few years is that we put on a few pounds, yeah. we've done fine. That's you know, true. we've done fine. We can work these pounds back off. We can work that wee bit of weight back off. We can get back into our discipline. We can get yeah. back into, we can create a new discipline, you know, um, an even better one than before. And uh, and that's that's why, you know, again, it's about when we talk about being kind to yourself, you know, yeah. um, that's a practice. That's something that you have to practice, yeah. you know. And uh, I think when you have put a wee bit of weight on, it's just a really easy example of going, well, my value is not the weight on a scale. Yes. You know, the value is the skill that I have, you know, the, the acting skills, the com comedic skills that you have, the deliverance that you have. Um, and, and I have similarly, you know, I have like 14, 15 years of personal training experience and relationships and, um, and, and, and exercise and, and fitness that I am pulling on. So because I've got a two inch bigger waist, you know, and a one size larger t-shirt, yeah. um, doesn't mean that all that stuff that I still possess is not relevant or useful. Yeah. You know? You're like dehumanizing yourself because you're like a 34 on the waist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. That is literally it. You know, I've got sets that I've got lots of sets of shorts in the drawer that are 32s and I've got some new 34s and I'm like, what well, fucking fat bastard, you know? Yeah. But that's my personal standard. It's my personal standard. Yeah. Um, And so for somebody, you know, who would love to be a 34, you know, it's it's it has no relationship whatsoever, mm -hmm. you know? Um, My lockdown was... See, the first year of lockdown, I've spoke about this on my own podcast. My cousin's a boxer, right? He's a mm -hmm. professional boxer mm -hmm. called Nathaniel Collins. Yeah. And he's a he's a champion. And during lockdown, I said to him, I was like, my mental health, I'm on the verge of breakdown. Mm -hmm. If I pay you money, will you train me? Mm -hmm. So it was during lockdown, probably breaking the law. Mm -hmm. I was paid on money to train me. Mm -hmm. And I get obsessed I, because I was scared mm -hmm. of my mental health, yeah, I started training with him twice a week, yeah. and then it went to seven days a week, yeah, and wow. then seven days a week, right? Sometimes two sessions a day, and I cut myself down to one thousand five hundred calories a day, right? Sure. I went to twenty stone, to something like fourteen stone, and then I got into a relationship, and I felt like see all the stuff that I was avoiding. It mm -hmm. just hit me like a ton of bricks yeah, and yeah. I pressed the fuck it button. Mm -hmm. So I went from 20 stone mm -hmm. to 14 stone mm -hmm. and then the COVID stuff just messed my brain. Mm -hmm. and then I went from 14 stone back up to 20 stone and it was carnage, man. Yeah, I yeah, lost yeah. my hair through stress, mm -hmm. but wow. thankfully I'm back on top of it now and I feel really healthy because I realized as well, see, when you're training like that, that's no healthy either. I thought it was healthy and see eating that, 1000 it's not healthy right. absolutely so. not sustainable and again you know i uh you know i i love being able to do what i do and that's why i've been doing it for as long as i have but you know i i see the i see the very short-term uh goals that are set or the short-term gains that people um get sold and uh 
you you can yeah you can live on 1500 calories and you can train seven times a week but you'll be pretty miserable whilst you're doing that yeah but if you're if you're if your only goal is to lose six stone you might be willing to be miserable for a period yeah you can't do it forever you cannot sustain that forever and that's where I try to, yeah. Um, sorry to come just no, finish sorry, off sorry. on this, just to finish off on this, is that that's why I say to people, I don't want to give you anything that I don't think you could do for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. I want to tell you to exercise four times a week, right? Two hard sessions, two easier sessions, and then walk, go a bike ride, do whatever. But if you can do four sessions a week, that's great because yeah. I would expect you to be able to sustain that for the rest of your life. Yeah exercise four times a week you know eat restrict your you know your your snacking and your eating throughout the day so that you're not taking on extra calories and have a really nice healthy dinner to look forward to and maybe a pudding at the end of the day and that's all good avoid alcohol five four or five days a week minimum and you, you you'll do absolutely fine you know yeah. people are like but but how come i'm allowed alcohol i'm like well do you want to give up alcohol for the rest of your life no no but why would i ask you to do that you know, yeah. and uh, or even a pudding. That's it. It's doing things that are going to be sustainable and not make you hate your life. Yeah. You know, I've got there's a bodybuilder coming in in a few weeks, and uh, I I already know some of the things that he's going to tell me. Aye, you know, aye, aye about you know a pal of mine who got ready for a photo shoot uh, years ago. He's like, I was so so hungry that this night, and I'd had all my calories, so I just ate a bag of lettuce like wow who's having fun doing that you know yeah um, but again he was focused on his goal so it was okay but um that pendulum swing man is is is, is, is... yeah it's, it's weird to think like you think you're healthy i thought i was healthy during that i mean i was doing is it called it's rotten roll isn't it mm-hmm. the big hole right yeah yeah i was doing hole sprints mm-hmm. hit cardio up that rotten yeah. roll wow, but man. i was crying I remember so, crying. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't crying because wow. it was hard. I was crying because I was mentally unwell. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's quite com. I find it comical now, but I'm like, I can't believe I thought I was healthy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing hit splints while sobbing. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was happening in my yeah. life during that time? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's where we're often wired for like punishment. Yeah. You know, I have to punish myself because I've done something you know yeah. um and ultimately it doesn't lead to you know being mentally stable uh and this is why this is why brothers in arms exists this is why we keep coming back to the same things is you know the gym is so fucking normal now for everybody everybody's expected to do some form of exercise go to the gym whatever it is but it's only the people who have been on the verge of breakdown broken down been taken to you know hospital because of their mental health that that are supposed to access mental health yeah help now we keep trying to we, we keep saying the app brothers in arms app should be used as mental health as gym for the mind you know you maintain your mental health by using the app you become aware like you know you may well already know this, Dan, but it's always good to explain for those who don't. But um, 
when you log into the Brothers in Arms Drive app, you do a, a mood checker where you're asked a series of questions about how you feel, how you've managed with daily tasks, how you've blah, blah, blah. And at the end of that check-in, you get an assessment of you really have to access some mental health help now. You should do a wee bit of something to help your mental health now. You should do this task to maintain your good levels. You're, 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 you're happy, you're doing well. Now, when you do that practice and you see, I'm always, I'm always like on that border. So yeah. you know you need to do something. I'm always kind of in the middle. Maybe I need to be more honest or maybe I'm just not got the mental health issues that I maybe thought I would, I had, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's like becoming aware of, am I living miserably, <laughs> you know? Uh, and how long has the app been about for? Uh, the app's been going for what, over five years. Um, right. charity has been going for nine years. Um, so, but it's always been built and refined and things like that, you know? So again, you know, it was, it was, it was at the beginning, it wasn't uh, as interactive. Now it's much more interactive. I, you get the live therapy, but you can also do workshops, interactive workshops, which allow you to manage your, your own mental health, things like that. These are CBT based, cognitive behavioral therapy based. Yeah. Um, uh so so yeah yeah there, there's there's loads to do on it and um again it's just just about saying don't we're not and we are not the crisis charity brothers in arms is not the crisis charity we're not samaritans we're not breathing space we're not the people you phone when you're thinking i'm about to hurt myself i'm about to do something really serious yeah because we don't we, we don't have that framework or we were not set up for supporting that what we're set up to do is to help you go okay i do need to seek more help here or I need to manage my own mental health and I can do that, you know? Um, so, so if I put, you know, like letting people know that, um, is always good because there's nothing worse for me to see on our social media that somebody's messaged in the middle of the night and they've not had a human response immediately, you know? Yeah. Cause you think, shit, like, did somebody really hurt themselves or whatever? But, you know, we, we, we have it signposted all over our website and our social media that we're not a crisis charity and that if people are in crisis, they should speak to Samaritans or Breathing Space, for example. Yeah. You know? Uh, That's awesome. It, I, again, you know, it just is it's becoming more and more and more of my life, which I think is good. You know, I think that the more we... That, that's the whole... Uh, the, like, we sat here and did the very first podcast and we said let's make talking about men's mental health normal and like you know well over a year later um i'm having people approach me daily and talk about brothers in arms their own mental health their partner's mental health you know and that's growing and growing and and, and that does feel good and that that feels good to be helping along that yeah you know, but also as well, like the last week or so, I've been reminded that I need to keep an eye on my own mental health because the more and more <laughs> I try to help others and make others okay, sometimes I leave myself vulnerable to yeah. getting annoyed by a comment that somebody makes or a bit upset or a bit dragged off the track because, you know, I'm trying to be the social animal. I'm trying to be out and, you know, entertaining folk and doing this and doing that. And then, 
uh, you know, then I then I get to a point where I feel like coming out to a wee bit of burnout. Yeah. And I recognize that. I do recognize that. Can I, I go 100 miles an hour for a while, then I need to like have a couple of weeks where I'm like a wee bit lower level and then I can go again and then, you know, I need to just have a wee break. And that that's the kind of pattern with me. Um, and obviously you're noticing, you know, the sort of patterns for yourself and you're now noticing, it sounds like you're maybe noticing how to stay in a in a better place and maintain that for, for a longer period of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel everything happens for a reason. I kind of stumbled in here. Someone asked me to be a guest on a podcast and, mm-hmm. you know, I turned up with my window cleaning gear on, mm-hmm. like, bogging. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really want to do it, but because it's my pal, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Then we were supposed to set up a podcast mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it never worked out. Mm-hmm. By then I connected with Paul, and mm-hmm. Paul was like, ah, mate, why don't you just do your own podcast? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know, but it was Paul that pushed us into it. Paul's and then the man. fact that he's a therapist as well, yeah. and it's just yeah. a perfect combination. Yeah. I mean, he's a, a classroom as a mate now, but yeah. the fact that... I think he's funny as well. Funny, mm-hmm. therapist, I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. It's just a perfect combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, people are always asking me, oh, would you get into podcasting? How do you... Paul, Paul's the guy. Rebel City Paul, he's the guy. Yeah. That's it, you know. Uh, the Green Room. I'm not I'm not as hot on the Green Room, but that's fine. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. <laughs> it's a bit dangerous. Um, so, uh, aye. Oh, good. Uh can we talk about Scott Squad for a wee while? Yeah, of course. Um, I was saying to you before, uh, I, Scott Squad is great because it's filled the void of what Scottish people, or certainly the people I know, really, really... So first of all, it's funny, right? But I think really close behind that is that people love to recognise their bit, their streets, places they know and yeah. Scott Squad does that really well because it it, it it films around Glasgow a lot and uh, I was saying to you before like when we used to stay up near to uh, the Maryhill Locks uh, we would see like different uh, bits nearby our house and things like that and we'd be looking and seeing oh is there a house on the is there, is there a house in Scott Squad or whatever blah blah <laughs> um, and then now we're we're down Alderman Road uh, like next near to Knightswood Road and like there's a lot of filming with uh, I think Grado and the traffics uh, doing it down there, and that I don't know why it makes you why 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 you get such a deep sense of like belonging and pride because um, you just like you see your street in a program, yeah, you know, or next to your street in a program. It's such a, and I remember back like when like um, what was it? Uh, what came before Still Game? Uh, chewing the fat, chewing the fat. When chewing the fat used to film around areas, um, in the rough, the the bandit lands of Bear's Den, and we used to, and I used to recognise places there, and I'm like, oh brilliant man, there's a school on TV. Yeah. It's just a weird thing that we get so like connected to that. I'll tell you a funny story about that canal in Maryhill. Uh, it's like the end of the canal or the start of the canal, isn't it? It's a uh, weird one. Is that up at Spears Wharf, it's called? Yeah. Aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were, f- I don't know if you remember that Bobby had a, a dog called Fridge. <laughs> so right, the yeah. scene was that Fridge passed away. Huh? 
It never made the show. Right. But okay. I decided to give him a Viking burial. Uh-huh. So we were at the canal that day and it was ro- it was a roasting hot sunny day. Right, right. And it was just everybody was like locals were there watching mm-hmm. it getting filmed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we we set this fire to this fake like Viking burial, mm-hmm. but I ha- I wouldn't say I I wouldn't say it was intense as heat stroke. It was close to heat stroke. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. I could not help but just like manically laugh, uh-huh. and they couldn't we couldn't <laughs> film it. We couldn't make it work, right. so I had to get cut. Right. But even the there was a guy there like that. You all right, big man? I was like, mate, I need water, man. Like, uh-huh. I'm I'm mixing up between laughing and crying. I don't know what's happening. Because Bobby wears a big massive fleece, and mm-hmm. I'm like, mate, it's about a hundred degrees. Uh huh. Wow, wow, that's amazing. I love it. Um, and I uh, the 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 character. Tell me, like, again, just from your perspective, just tell me a bit more about Bobby, and you know, like, how that came about the influences that you took what's what's parts of you what's parts of inspiration that you've taken from others like because he, he, you know everybody loves that guy or not, that's probably not right because the character m- m- probably would get picked on quite a lot in the scheme yeah. you know uh but obviously in the show people like love bobby uh because of, of the character that you've created so thank you very much mate well i think like i've been doing it for 14 years and it's very easy to get lost and lost in the kind of self-employed green room politics a comedy but see when I, i'm in a good place and i step back and think do you know what scott squad's changed my life i love it i love the fact that other people love it as well and maybe a lot of people will message me on social media it always means a lot and um it, you know i love playing that character as well and the fact that it's improved i mean again i was very lucky like i was just an open spot comedian like a newcomer mm-hmm. that w- that was becoming good mm-hmm. i was a, a good open spot so mm-hmm. if somebody was running a professional night i would get the the open spot mm-hmm. i wouldn't get paid but uh-huh. i was starting to get respect uh-huh. yep 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 and i i remember there was a pub beside the stand comedy club called the hope bar yeah, yeah. and they used to run a, a open mic night there every tuesday yeah so what they did was anytime the stand glasgow sold it mm-hmm. the punters that couldn't get in just walked up to the hope bar mm-hmm. so i was gigging at the stand and the hope bar that night and i remember i couldn't be arsed i was like i'm so tired i'm gigging so much but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm bugger it i'll go down and just wing it mm-hmm. so i decided to go into the whole bar that night you know that was an amazing gig for me i'd done about 47 gigs there mm-hmm. and i remember i can't really remember what i was saying but i got used to the gig mm-hmm. that i thought i'm going to go up and i'm i'm not going to prepare material mm-hmm. i'm going to feed off the crowd and try and just wing it Mm-hmm. and make up 10 minutes on the spot Very nice. and if i die on my arse then this is why this gig is here it's supposed to happen mm-hmm. so i didn't know that joe hullet was in the crowd that night joe hullet is the creator and writer of scott squad mm-hmm. and at that time he was like a runner in the comedy unit mm-hmm. and i knew him i did know him he started doing stand-up he will openly admit that he wasn't very good but mm-hmm. he just wanted to do it to try it yeah yeah 
and uh, I went up and after it he was like mate that was brilliant he's like we are making something in the comedy unit and there's going to be additions on Friday would you like to come in and I just remember thinking like what what is it like I've never had an addition before mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I started to kind of get nervous and stuff and mm-hmm. I was like mate I'm working I don't know if I can get it off my work and all that and he's like I really think you should come in mm-hmm. so I went in and had an addition and by that time I was like you know everybody was so nervous all these actors were so mm-hmm. nervous mm-hmm. and I thought I'm an open spot I'm a trolley boy in Asda I've got nothing to lose. I treated it like a gig. I went in and I thought, I'm going to have a laugh here. Like, how can I make the people, uh-huh. the people behind the desk, how can mm-hmm. I make them laugh? Yeah. That's, that's all I was interested in. Yeah. And I made them laugh the first time and then I got called back for a second edition. Mm-hmm. But I remember like, uh, Joe, Joe was like, because the the edition was the the second edition was a group edition big massive group edition on yep. the spot improv games and stuff wow. officer karen was there right. manny was there grudo's right colleague uh-huh yeah 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 yeah. and joe told me he's like you were so mental that you weren't going to get apart because you were so cartoonish right he's like we couldn't make you a police officer like mm-hmm. it just wouldn't be mm-hmm. realistic yeah so for honestly like four months passed and i think joe fought my corner joe was like you need to have him in the show and something yeah, yeah, yeah so i think joe said why don't we make him a nuisance mm-hmm. like a friendly nuisance that's annoying yeah. towards a police officer uh-huh. and then from there it grew right. so joe suggested that character I came in mm-hmm. and we brainstormed that I took there was a comedian in Edinburgh called uh oh my god Gus Lumburn mm-hmm. and he used to call me Bobby Dazzler every time he seen me he used mm-hmm. to scream Bobby Dazzler and I found it hilarious so I thought why don't we take Bobby and then Muir was from a comedian called the Reverend Obadiah Steppenwolf the third right, his right. real name was Jim Muir Mm-hmm. and he was my favorite comedian and i was like take muir as a tip of the hat mm-hmm. and then everything kind of grew for there i just took parts of my life like mm-hmm. he had a dog called fridge mm-hmm. i called him fridge because there was an american football player called fridge right right and mentally uh my brother's boss used to call me fridge when <laughs> yeah. i was younger right, right and i found that hilarious as well like brilliant anytime he drove past me in the street he used to shout for his car fridge mm-hmm. and i just it just getting planted in my yeah, brain yeah, that yeah. i was like i'm gonna use that's gonna come back to me one day i'm gonna use that it's so, so great man i love that and you know this is why i love the podcast because you get these absolutely unique insights that you just would never get we had um tesco dime stop on a couple of weeks ago and uh so he used to play with his um with his brother's big brother's football team yeah and this coach started calling him tesco because he would wear cheap socks <laughs> and he was like be he's like see you need to get better socks pal the tesco numbers are not na- good and it just stuck with him and then he became this amazing like hip-hop dancer 
body popper, everything like that. And then the guy Gaz Mack, who does a lot of the graffiti art and everything like that, runs like the, the yard works and all that sort of stuff, said to him, I see you can stick with that Tesco thing, right? But you need to do Tesco with a K. So all of it because all of a sudden his kind of like um really uncool nickname all of a sudden became christened as a good thing. And I love the association there where you're kind of um, like, you know, your little niche thing that you knew about that American football player all of a sudden became something that got in a show. Yeah. And that is, that's what, that's why I love it. I'm it's just the guy still now. calls his fridge. I answered it. Uh -huh. Like when he yeah, calls yeah, my yeah. fridge, I uh -huh. answered it. Like, it's mad, eh? And I remember seeing him at, a, I think it was my brother's wedding, like years later after mm -hmm. childhood yeah and he was like I, I can't believe you called your dog fridge that's bent oh and i was like well there we go see and again you know you just get to just really deeply connect with a person because yeah. they know that tiny bit of information you know yeah uh, which is which which is what it's all about man you know i um i was at a wedding on sunday and it was at the end of a long week I'd drank too much because I'd been out with friends and we had the comedy gig Saturday, blah, blah. But at the end, but the what was really nice was to go there and see guys, mates, like lo lifetime friends that I've not seen in years. And we were talking about like the silliest, silliest little things that only we know about each other. And in that way, we felt we felt really deeply connected, you know, yeah. stupid things about when we used to play football and what strips we used to wear. And there was a boy that used to come and play and he liked football, but he wasn't in a football teams. He used to come in the referee strip, literally in the <laughs> SFA fucking referee strip, you know, and uh, like so few people in that room there knew that we bit. So we just got all to laugh about it and just feel feel connected Brilliant. and that's that's absolutely about mental health because you're like yeah these are my people these are my guys this is my this is my crowd you know and yeah so yeah that that those connections are important man and um you know it's it's nice really yeah. really nice um but you were saying like how to act like bobby like uh, there's two things i can't remember what my nephew said i remember my nephew's quite He's older now, but when he was a child, I was babysitting him. And I remember he said something so childlike and innocent mm -hmm. that I, could, I just found it so comical. Mm -hmm. I was like, only a child could say that. Uh -huh. So when I was trying to be Bobby, I was trying to kind of look at it from a childlike uh -huh. like persona yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and put an, an innocence to it as well. I also had an uncle... And I love him. I've talked about him like in podcasts and, uh, you know, I've even wrote scripts and stuff and mm -hmm. he's been like character based uh -huh. on him. Yep, His yep. name's Jerry. He mm -hmm. passed away. Right. He's ha He lived with a disability, mental mm -hmm. health problems. Okay. But beneath that, mm -hmm. he was the funniest, kindest guy that I've ever mm -hmm. met in my life. And see, when I got him on a good day, mm -hmm. he was a hilarious and there was just things that he said. He just looked at the world from a different angle because yeah. he had mental health problems. Yeah. But that didn't, you know, a lot of people would judge a person like that. Mm -hmm. I, I loved him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like a mixture between my nephew and my uncle. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it Honestly, happened. Honestly, man, it's uh, like, I bet, now I don't know, but I bet there's like a Bobby... 
appreciation group on Facebook and stuff like that, like where there's <laughs> fucking thousands of people in there just going, ah, remember he did this bit, this bit, this bit. He's like a character that will totally go down in like folklore, you know. Oh, um, you, it just is, man, you know. And um, Sanjeev Kohli's been in, you know. Yeah. And um, it's like, it's kind of like the Naveed thing, you know. You, you, you'll you be that person for a certain generation, you know, um, because of these kind of off the wall, just just things of the unexpected, you know? Well, I, and that's very kind, mate. Thank you. Nah, as I say, it's, it's what I've watched. It's what I've seen and watched and experienced um, on the show, you know, because it's like almost, it's almost like when a child swears, like you want to not laugh, but you, 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 you do, yeah. or you, you try not, you know, um, and and you know so when uh, so when somebody who comes across child like says something very adult you know and you're like Shit, you should know how to say that and yeah. that's where where the comedy I think uh, kind of lies or comes from uh, and you fucking have that down to a T absolutely you do uh, so yeah man Bobby Bobby will never not be forgotten where's uh, I mean I've probably watched all episodes but um, is there a new series to come again? There is whisperings. Whisperings, is that even a word? Who cares, man? That's a Bobby word, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I've heard that it might be coming back, but it's very early stages. Okay, aye. I think there's a lot of background work that needs to get talked about and stuff. Right, so, okay. Yeah, uh, certainly, man. There's certainly space for it. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, the last the last episodes weren't that long ago, were they? No. I wasn't able to do the last season, so... Right, right, okay. Um, I'll be able to... Hopefully. Yeah. Right. I was just yeah. fucked. I was like yeah. completely bald. Aye. 20 really? stone. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So you weren't Bobby at that no. point. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair um, enough. I well, looked a bit that's weird. nice, mate, that you're back. And again, man, like the the um so that that's that's been like when you that's been between like you're sort of been probably thirty thirty three to thirty five or something like that. Those couple of years of that lockdown and up and down, everything like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just I was with somebody in the gym just literally before this, right before this, and uh, he was he's he's a really pretty successful guy now. He owns a property company. Outwardly looks really successful, you know, everything like that. And you know, he doesn't measure his success by money. He's not. He, I think he finds it a bit of a challenge to do the the social media stuff. He doesn't want to be that guy coming across. Anyway. He was sharing a story with me about moving back, splitting up with his girlfriend, moving back in with his mum, uh, feeling really down because he was asking more about brothers in arms, feeling really down. Uh, and he's like, I was 36. I moved back with my mum. He says, I felt like, you know, all my mates were like doing this, doing that, moving here, getting a new car, you know, getting married, blah, blah. He says, I felt like such a failure moving back to my mum. I'm 36. He's now 52. He's recruiting people. He's coaching them in properties. That's that. And I just said to him, like you, you know, you need to come on the podcast because it's your story that reminds people that you might have a bit of a tough time, or you might think that you know, at thirty four, your career's over. Thirty three, your career's finished. Um, it's not, man. You decide when you're finished. You know, yeah. and hopefully that's never for yeah. for for guys because other because otherwise charities like ours wouldn't exist. You know. Yeah. But um. It's it as I say, you know that idea of, oh well, I'm a certain age now, and I need to be doing a certain thing, or success has to be a certain way, or whatever. It's like at any time you can change direction. At any time you can 
pick back up something that you put down, you yeah. know? Um, I do fer- I do therapy as well. I've I only started recently and mm-hmm. I feel like go- everything that you spoke about there with your mate, I, I moved back in with my family. Mm-hmm. Like health, mental health was wrecked. Physical health was wrecked. I felt shame by mm-hmm. living back in my family's house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was surreal. I was getting wee guys that lived in the street chatting the door saying, can Bobby come out to play? Mm-hmm. And it was just weird. I felt mm-hmm. like I was in a Black Mirror episode. I mean, yeah. that's nice having mm-hmm. like the kids like loving you, li- uh-huh. living in the street. That's yeah, good yeah. for the soul. Yeah. But you're thinking, wait a minute, I had a girlfriend. I was self-employed. I, I done uh-huh. really well. Uh-huh. And now I'm yeah. 20 stone. Uh-huh. I'm like, my hair's falling out. Yeah. And what's yeah. happening here? Mm-hmm. Like, I went through years of taking antidepressants. I thought I was past that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to start taking antidepressants again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that stuff. But I tell you what, um, starting fit, Brothers in Arms as well, like, has been a great help to me. Sadly, I stumbled upon you for, it was sad news, really. Mm-hmm. It was a friend that yep. lost his life to suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I found it about yous while walking to the podcast studio uh-huh. i came in the studio and paul told me about uh-huh. yous as yep. i found the news out yeah and then when that happened i thought i'm fucked i need therapy I, mm-hmm. so i started doing yeah online therapy yeah and it's been amazing i was actually doing it before i came in today yeah in my flat on a zoom Perfect. call talking to a woman that i've never met before in my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. crying as well by the way it's mm-hmm. really intense mm-hmm. deep conversations yeah because i've done therapy before mm-hmm. years ago when i was still drinking and stuff mm-hmm. but now i'm sober yeah i'm like wow this is raw mm-hmm. this is intense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i've got no shame talking about it if you're mm-hmm. fucked and you need to help reach out and um, yep. times are different now like yeah times are different just ask for help you'll get help that man the yeah i just you know really nothing else needs to be said on top of that but of course because i'm who i am i'll just add more to it yeah sorry if um, i was ranting there i no, felt like i had all, a blackout um, i always get to that point where i go oh, shut up a bit gary you know just shut up but anyway no um people would always always rather sit and listen to 10 minutes of your bullshit than go to your funeral you know yeah in your mind whatever you whatever whatever bad thing you think you know um some stuff happened on saturday night which was less than ideal um and you know i spent monday tuesday going over it and over it and over it in my mind and i was like oh blah 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 blah. and then i seen some of the people from saturday night and they they, (laughs) it was as if the whole thing never happened you know when i seen them i just thought well that's the right attitude to have you know don't overthink it it's gone it's in the past you know like stop living in the past if somebody's upset about it and they want to come and tell you then you can have a conversation about it if they don't want to come and have a conversation with you about it, then they probably weren't that upset. Yeah. You know? Um, and if spots and maybes. <laughs> it's a dangerous path. Well, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough, I'll take that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's that. It really, really is that. That's the most important part, is getting guys to understand Whatever your deepest, darkest worry, you know, or fear or whatever it is, people would rather live with that than not live with you. You know, not live in a world where you no longer are there, you know? Yeah. Um, and 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 that's it, you know. So for for 
you know, people like yourself who've got a platform, who have been through ups and downs, um, to be able to come and say, you know, but you know, because you know, you're 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 walking that line of being like you are a regular guy, but you also have a, a certain public profile, and so you know, you're walking that tightrope of, you know, regular guy, public profile. So that really will resonate with people because they're like, well, he's he's doing a lot of similar things that I'm doing. He's a similar age to me. He's talking about things that I feel similarly about, you know, and that's where they then go, okay, maybe I'm not abnormal. Maybe I just need to get some of the help that he's talking about as well. Yeah. And I'll feel a lot better. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, that's a good, good, good point to sit with for, for a bit, you know, um, it's, yeah. as I say, it's, it's easy for us to sit and chat for however long, but just letting people let that digest as they listen for a wee bit to be like, okay, maybe, maybe, I, maybe this is the springboard for me. We'll yeah, because I think the both of us, especially you, you've probably seen that that other option of suicide, mm -hmm. and it's complete devastation. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, like from. 16 onwards it's always been in my mind and it came back during lockdown and i thought it was going to be an option mm. and then someone close to me lost his life to suicide mm. and i seen the complete devastation exactly. that it caused not i mean it's not the first time it's happened but it's the first time it's happened while i've been sober mm. and i thought do you know what that can't be an option for me i mm. need i need help that's it man and and it's it's always it's always getting the help because as I say, just think about all the, the all the small relationships that will be broken, the big relationships, the holes left in, you know, the 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 the, the places that you exist. Um the world needs you, the world does need you to fill the spaces that you fill. Yeah. You know, is 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 what I think. And if you're not there, there's gonna be a lot of sad people. That's and that's it's every guy. It's every every man, you know, has has a place in the world. And um, you know, it's 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 much better to access the help than, you know. I've started to use this term, you know, is is make a decision that take a decision that's irreversible, you know? Like you might, you know, here I here I here I get to be a wee bit honest, you know, I might make, you know, I, I had like three days of, of sort of drinking alcohol there and um you know throughout those three days of of drinking um probably made some shit decisions you know probably made some shit decisions but i never made any decisions that are absolutely irreversible yeah if i wake up in the morning i can i can do the decent thing and phone somebody up and say Did I, was i being a bit of a knob to you last night or did I say something that was inappropriate to you? I'm really sorry that I did that. And 99 times out of 100, the person will turn around and say, hey man, it's cool. It's no problem. Forget about it. We'll never speak about it again. You know? Yeah. That conversation should happen. Not, by the way, did you hear that such and such made a few crap decisions and then there's actually just like, you know, because of the guilt they feel of that, they've actually gone and, you know they've actually gone and killed themselves like don't let that don't 
try you know and it's 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 uber difficult you know but try not to go into that that place you know where it's an irreversible decision that impacts on a lot a lot of people yeah making amends is a powerful tool and it can set you free when you apologize there's something very freeing about i've been sharing this with paul recently um just saying you know what i fucked up i'm sorry how mm-hmm. can i fix it rather yeah. than avoiding arguing and you just mm-hmm. hold your hands up and say i made a mistake everybody yeah. makes a mistake yeah. you're only human especially if yeah. you're under the influence of alcohol it's a yeah. poison it poisons that's your it. thoughts that's so it. it happens absolutely that's why i don't drink yeah it's an interesting point you know and i've wrestled with um alcohol over the years and thinking ah do you know what man i need to now never drink again and then you know i built it up i built it up to this thing and then i'm like oh, do you know what don't, you know it's it's okay and you know absolutely you know some people do just get to that stage and go do you know what that's it i've wrestled with it over the past while oh i've had plenty of years you know because it's so easy you don't i you know i never ever if i'm drinking alcohol i never ever set out to upset md annoy md um but my personality and sometimes the confidence that i have in in different situations just comes across as really arsy yeah. uh when 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 alcohol's involved and as i say like where i'm at at the moment with it i'm not saying that i won't get to a point where i just decide right that's absolutely it although i think there's certainly gonna be a few weeks of it after that past week uh but what you know what happened on what happened on saturday which was less than ideal resulted in me waking up and making an up making three or four phone calls and saying hey you know what happened last night like for my part if there was anything that i did sorry blah, blah, blah. three four five replies come back don't think about it again totally fine no worries all good i know that you are a decent person whatever you know and then and then you don't sit in your fear and your guilt and whatever yeah. and let it become more than it is you know yeah and again it's just speaking did you feel better for it just speaking i felt reassured that you know like you know these people are still going to be my friends yeah you know and again that's it you know people label it as the fear um like whatever it is that you're fearful of like go and go and you know go and confront it yeah you know and i don't mean in a confrontational way i mean just be big enough to go hey look if i did something that you that made you feel not great or not okay or whatever I take that on the chin and I'm sorry about that. And, and, you know, if it's a problem, you can let me know. And, and, and however we need to make amends of this, um, you, you know, we can, but I, I, I do that, you know, like I do that in my, whether alcohol's involved or not, like I try, I do, I do try to do that anyway. You know, if yeah. I, you know, when I'm dealing with clients and I have to change a, change a, a you know, I have to change a session or something like that. And I'll phone up and say, Hey, look, you just tell me how we resolve this situation, how we make this okay, how you get to feel okay. Um, and, and I'll be able to do that for you. If it means that I come in at an inconvenient time, I'll do that. If it means that, you know, I, I give you a couple of extra sessions, whatever, then, then that's absolutely fine. We, we, we can do that. And let's get to a place where we just put that in the past, yeah. you know, um, family's a bit more challenging that's a that's a whole other 
podcast <laughs> episode. So I, I, I never want, I don't like, you know, coming across in the podcast, um, like, oh, I've all got everything all sorted. Like, I've got some real, like, family relationship challenges, which I would love to be able to resolve, but, you know, you you can't, you know, that's a, and so as I say, that's a very, very different thing. Yeah. But and as a general rule, I, I, I definitely try to, if I feel like I've let someone's expectations down, um, I will, I will, I will try and make that up to them. And I certainly will, will, will certainly never make anybody feel uncomfortable about anything that they've done regards me, you know? Yeah. If somebody messes up with me, it's cool, man. We, we get by it. You know, we're all still alive. There's another day tomorrow. Yeah. It's all good, you know? And that's why hopefully I, I, I hope that people reciprocate that. I think they will. You're a good man. <laughs> Doing good things. Thank you. Mate. I feel bad for. Uh, I'm going to invoice you for 900 quid <laughs> <laughs> for six minutes for six minutes work. Um, but uh, straight yeah. out the charity's uh, box, 900 yeah, quid. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a joke, work. by the way, for anybody listening. <laughs> I was kidding. Um, no, but that's it. So that's again. I think that's probably a great uh, point to bring up, and maybe where we can I get towards the end of the podcast is. You've got um, you're you're the prime spot on uh, the Brothers in Arms, the Gallus Palace gig. In benefit of Brothers in Arms, is what we're what what it is. So it's set up by Colin Higgins, who anybody who's listened to the podcast will know. Many people in the Scottish comedy circuit will know. It's set up by Colin and Colin books the talent and whatever, and the proceeds of that night goes to Brothers in Arms. Is how it how it all works. But yeah, we're looking forward to you to bringing some some laughter, some love, some funny stories, and uh, just making it a, a you know a, a, a positive energy place, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. It's an honour to to help out the charity any way I can, and it's a good wee room, tenants bar. I've gigged in there before, back in mm -hmm. the day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, get a ticket. Let's sell it. That's out. the one. It's on the twenty fourth. September? Is yes. I think so. Um, uh, do, 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 do. Let's just be right on this. Uh, Colin just threw, throws thousands of dates at me and names and stuff like that. Um, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Follow, edit this. This will be uh, me fucking up out. Uh, we are next on the August the nope September the twenty fourth. I'm sure it is twenty fourth. Yes, that's right. September the twenty fourth. Absolutely. So come and see Darren headlining Brothers in Arms gig Sunday, uh, Saturday, twenty fourth of August. September. We're moving into September. What is going on? And on top. Jesus Christ. Wow. Um, sorry, folks. <laughs> September 24th <laughs> is when you're on. Saturday the 24th of September. Yeah. Tenants Bar, downstairs, Tenants Basement. Um, we're looking forward to having a great night. 
hopefully those that have already supported us uh, will come down and some new faces as well. Yes. Um, and I'll get to being all that there. shared on my social media and all that kind of stuff. That's massively appreciated, mate. Similarly, we'll put out you uh, put out things through Billers and Arms as we will do with the podcast for next week. And uh, yeah, listen, Dan, we really appreciate it. And uh, this has felt therapeutic to me, actually, having this chat today. You know, as, as I mentioned to you off air that um, last week was quite hectic and ended quite, you know, high intensity. And uh, just sitting having this chat and realising it's not as bad as you think. Like, it's just not yeah. as bad as you think. That was therapeutic for me today, so I'd really appreciate that. You're, you're just looking at me like, uh, at least my life's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's come, stone we that's, need that's come across the wrong way if that's how i've put it that's uh, no that's that was a joke that was a joke man. that was a joke <laughs> no here i appreciate so, it maybe it's because i've done therapy today and i'm very loose i feel mm -hmm. very loose man yeah, yeah very yeah. happy so um Good man. Yeah. i appreciate the conversation as well mate we've only got one life sometimes people are like oh you oversharing stuff fuck it we've got one life who cares that's i want it, a good man. time if anybody's gonna hold Whatever it is they want to hold, that's their shit to hold. Yeah. You get to release and, and I. And I feel like I did a wee bit of that today, which I wasn't expecting. So again, as I say, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dan. And uh, we look forward to hearing you live at the end of the month, 24th of September. Thanks. Cheers, dude. Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to our Brothers in Arms podcast. The reason we do the podcast is to normalise the conversation around men's mental health. We have fantastic resources on our website, brothersinarmsscotland.co.uk, which you can access or point any man in need towards. These include our online platform, MenGage, our Brothers in Arms Thrive app, where you can access our free therapy services and much, much more. If what we've talked about on the podcast today has resonated with you and you've enjoyed listening, please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and remember to share with friends and on social media. Thanks for listening.